the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is brought to you by The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash Spot Track for 40% off your first year subscription. There's no reason not to be there. This is the culmination of a COVID-free sports summer, and everything is coming together at once here. We've got the rush towards the MLB postseason. We are knee-deep into the NBA and NHL postseasons, and it is NFL kickoff week. So (laughs) NASCAR is in its postseason. Golf's heading towards its big majors. Tennis is in a major right now. I mean, what else? What more can we say? The English Premier League starts next weekend. Uh, it's all here right now. So the Athletic covers obviously all of that and plenty more. Again, theathletic.com/slash/spottrek. Get yourself forty percent off. Speaking of NFL kickoffs, check out dynastyowner.com. Get yourself a last-minute dynasty fantasy football league. Bring in your uh, your superstar fantasy friends on this one. This one's a ton of work. It's a ton of fun. They've done a great job building this thing. Really nice mobile app to draft, keep up with your teams with. Real NFL salaries from Track. So it's uh, it's really unlike any other fantasy system you're using right now. Again, DynastyOwner.com. Tell them Track sent you. Get yourself uh, an extra bonus when you join. Cash prizes and a, ch- a chance for the Chase for the Ring Championship. These guys are serious. This is uh, this is a no-joke Dynasty website. Check it out again, DynastyOwner.com. And finally, get yourself a mystery memorabilia box. I've been following these guys on Instagram now for, boy, a couple months now. And the amount of things, the amount of high-quality memorabilia that these fans are opening up for, you know, $100, $200 worth of, really, really, it's gambling. It's gambling with you're getting something, but is it going to be something great? Is it going to be a Tom Brady autograph? Is it going to be, boy, what did I see this week? Uh, It was something old school. I know there's been some old school baseball stuff coming across. I know there's been a ton of DC comics out there that have been coming across, but I'm telling you, check the, uh, you know, HP collect hit parade on all the social media. Once you start seeing the, the kind of stuff that people are opening up out of these boxes, you're going to be in. And uh, if you have the means, like I said, hundred, two hundred dollars really for these ch- chances at current players, historical players, they've got all the autographs. So this is really a no brainer in terms of, uh, you know, if you're looking to fill up your man cave or your woman cave or you've got gifts to give away, it's, we're heading towards the holiday season here. What better gift than a, uh, an inexpensive autographed memorabilia item out of a mystery box? It's really such a cool concept. DAcardworld.com gets you that and plenty more. Again, that's DAcardworld.com. My thanks to Hip Parade and all of our sponsors. We're going to bring in Scott Allen. There's plenty to talk about. I'm taking a... 30-minute hiatus here from the carpal tunnel that is NFL cutdown week. We've, we've uh, knocked rosters down to 53, at least for a minute. We've got practice squads on every, for every team here. Uh, we're working on the IR list and some of these recent signings, which we'll get to, of course, here in a second. But it's been a heck of a weekend. No real shockers. No real shocker releases. No real shocker trades. I would imagine that's still to come, though. I know we're three four days here from the first game. But teams probably are still sitting on their hands a little bit. So we'll, uh, we'll keep with it today. Make sure these rosters are as up-to-date as possible. Try to get some information on these recent extensions, which we'll also talk to about here. But nice little weekend, of, of course, for uh, you know what's been a crazy offseason. And uh, it seems like teams really have their stuff together. Hopefully there's a couple more moves, though. Let's bring in Scott Allen on the Hip Raid Hotline and dive into it. Scott, welcome back to the show. Show number 200. I don't know if you know that. Uh, been, I, I do. It's pretty been a long, awesome. been a long ride here. Thanks to our sub, our subscribers, our supporters. If you're a uh, if you're a follower, give us a review on iTunes. I guess wherever you are, Spotify, whatever you're doing here. But uh, thanks to all of you out there for getting us to 200 here. We'll keep going as long as we've got the uh, the means to do it here. Plenty of th- plenty of things to discuss here, Scott. Mostly with the NFL. I know there's a. I, I mean, I opened the show here with where we are in sports. Uh, I mean, if you just kind of dive into how many sports are important right now and active right now? Everything matters. Major, every Major League Baseball game matters now. NBA is obviously, and NHL are way deep into their postseasons. NASCAR had a big postseason race last night. Golf's got majors coming up. Tennis is in a major right now. Soccer starts up back, back up next week. It's all coming together at one time. So for, for people that run a multi-sports website, it's, uh, 
<laughs> it's fun and painful at the same time. Let's just put it that way. Speaking of which, we had 1,100 cuts over the weekend. Uh, I kind of opened with saying not many surprises. Did you have anything that stood out in terms of the cuts before we get to some of the other uh, items on the, on the list here? No, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, really, you know, Josh Rosen, I guess, in terms of the, the quarterback position was the one that hung out there. And, you know, <laughs> the way it was reported, you, you kind of almost got the feeling like, oh, look, there's finally someone we can actually talk about because they definitely overreported that release. <laughs> Nobody really cares that Josh Rosen, the third quarterback in Miami, got released this week. You know? <laughs> um, but that was really the extent of the notable names. There were some bigger ones. Angela Blackson makes, you know, comes to mind out in Houston. Houston did some damage this weekend in terms of obviously the Watson contract, which we'll get to in a bit, but just player movement. Bill O'Brien is, he is entertaining. I'll put it that way. <laughs> He's, <laughs> he is not sitting on his hands, which I, I mentioned some of these GMs appear to be at this point. Uh, you know, in 2020 is probably just the culprit for that. I, I think there's a lot of, I've just finished now the first iteration of practice squads, 16 people on every team here. And what I noticed more than any year that I've done this is 85 to 90% of these, actually more than that, 95% of the players who were signed to practice squads came from that team. They were signed back. They were waived and then re-signed to the practice squad. The amount of players that are moving to new teams right now on practice squads is maybe a dozen, maybe 15 total Um that's 2020 right there. That, yeah. that, that yeah, is, that makes sense. we got to keep what we have here. Uh, you know, I, I would imagine for, for many, it's, we like what we have here, but more than ever this year, you're just not seeing that movement. So, you know, will there be a trade or two left this week? Maybe. I mean, new England's generally <laughs> the September 1st trade team. So we'll see if that, that holds true. Although boy, if we start to look at some of these numbers, let's start here. Since, like I said, there's not really a release to discuss. These New England roster numbers, Scott, every year you and I sit here and we kind of go over these positional spending numbers, where teams rank in terms of the cap, and we kind of say if you're in the middle of the road, you're usually in a really good spot. New England's usually 15th, 16th, 17th in the primary positions and also the overall spending in terms of cap. That is not the case in 2020. This is a brand new iteration of the New England Patriots from a, from a financial perspective, from a team-building perspective. And of course, it starts with the quarterback position, uh, you know, breaking news that nobody really <laughs> needed, to be, needed to be broken. Cam Newton's going to be the week one starter. If you start to look at these numbers, Scott, I, I'll start here. The New England Patriots lead the league in cap space right now. How about that? Yeah, that, that, that's interesting for sure. I, what do we make of that? Because... You know, I could push that out there right now, and I did a little bit yesterday, and I know that the people will run with it and say they're tanking, right? But you can't say that when you've <laughs> invested in the defense like they've done and now brought in Cam Newton. I don't care if he's making a million or 20 million. He's still Cam Newton. The ceiling on him is going to win you eight games. You know, if he's, if he's playing to his potential, you're winning eight games, especially with the Jets and the Dolphins in your division. So I... Are they going to be an eight and eight team? Is that really what Bill Belichick's going to do this year? Um, I, I don't know, eight and eight, but I mean that that is a team that has always been the mantra of less is more. I mean, <laughs> people next man up. So it could be that the Patriots, I mean, maybe their scouting department knows more than we do, and they've seen hmm. uh, seen some things out of these players that they think they can get away with for one year um, in this time where they, we don't even know if we're going to be able to get through a full season. Um, hopefully we do, but it, less is more for them. So with that, they probably don't necessarily care that they have the cap space. And subsequently, the fact that they do have this much cap space, if they can keep, I mean, it's showing about $37 million right now. Yeah. If they can, if they can maintain that throughout the whole season and then that rolls over to yep. next year, they have that much more to spend next year in a year that, um, it may be a little bit more known come the spring. So let's go there because that's about, that's probably the right way to assess this. They probably don't care if they're eight and eight this year. Cause honestly, eight and eight might get them in the playoffs. First of all, and if they can True. sneak into the playoffs, anything can happen. We've seen that before, uh, especially if we don't play 16 games and it turns into a winning percentage 
situation like we have in baseball mm-hmm. right now, I mean, that benefits those middling teams that maybe do better in their division but lose to the Chiefs or the four, you know, some a bigger team. I, I could see that becoming a factor as well. So I, I, I certainly am going to put them in the playoffs right now before week one because why not? <laughs> right? I, I understand what this roster looks like. I mean, they are second lowest in quarterback spending. They are bottom third in wide receivers. They are second lowest in tight end. They are second lowest in linebacker spending. All these positions where they have put some capital into it. And look, we can joke with their weapons, their running backs, their wide receivers, their tight ends. There's some first-round picks there. There's there's more weapons in terms of draft capital there than the Green Bay's ever had around Aaron Rodgers. And you can argue who's got the better you know, skill players right now, but there's potential there is my point. And Cam Newton has taken rosters like this and won 10, 12 games. So I'm not going to write them off, but I think your point is valid. I think that when six players opted out, when Tom Brady decided it was time to leave, it was, all right, let's pull back. No more splashes. You know, if we can grab some people on the cheap, we're going to do it. They've done it. There might be more of those to come. That's This is the time to poach right now. So, uh, you know, they may, might may use a couple of million up on some veteran minimum contracts here to finish it off. But my guess is they look at that $38 million right now, like you mentioned, as capital for next March. Because they are going to be one of the – because here, here, let's put it this way. The Colts, the Jaguars, the Patriots, the Jets, and Washington are the top five 2021 cap space holders right now. Okay? If you're a free agent, if you get released as a cap casualty in February, which mm-hmm. one of those teams are you picking? Right. You know what I mean? Like I do. They just want to be sitting there ready to pounce on somebody. Maybe it's Derek Carr if they need a quarterback. Derek Carr's out, right? We, we can pull him in for $3 million. You know, and give him a chance in 2021. That's just a, a really bad example, but you know that's coming. Any well, of those running backs, there's seven legitimate I, running backs they can replace Sony Michelle with in a, in a minute and a half. I, I was even going to go down the road of uh, with the news with Kamara in, in New Orleans. Yeah. You don't have any room next year. They're at negative 51 space right now. Yeah. So the, the Patriots are a team that can say, all right, let's make a trade. And they've got the room for a running back. Running back right. That and court. that would be trade deadline, which is a whole other enchilada, right? The, these teams that are sitting there with space at the trade deadline who are thinking about 2021, Jacksonville, who's, you know, thinking Trevor Lawrence, what do we put around him now? Because <laughs> that's obviously what's happening here. Let's not beat around that bush anymore. The Jets, if Darnold's terrible for six weeks, they're going to be all starting from scratch. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is going to be off that team. It's going to be start over with everything in, in New York if Darnold's not the guy. So, yeah, and probably the same for Washington with Haskins. I would imagine those kind of teams are are, are in complete wait-and-see mode. But New England, you know how it's going to work. If Cam Newton's great, he's going to get a franchise tag. And then they can, then they can use whatever else they have, which is going to be upwards of $60 million estimated. And by the way, this is with the lowest possible salary cap. So if the salary cap comes up any higher than we've got it, that's more room for New England to use. So, yeah, that's the conversation. That's the only conversation to have with New England. If they miss the playoffs, it'll be unfortunate, but nobody's going to cry for them. <laughs> First of all, they lost their starting quarterback. They didn't replace him properly. They didn't go out and invest a high draft pick or take one of the top free agents. They took a, a, an oft-injured former you know, MVP quarterback. It, it's a great risk. My, th- my guess is it works. They sneak into the postseason anyway, but there is no pressure. There's just no pressure on that New England team. And they can they can easily flip the switch to 2021 whenever they need to because they have all of these assets to work with. So that's probably enough about them. I'm sure people are sick of Boston sports at this point. Uh, but that's really the situation. That's one of the head storylines leading into 2021 is what's going to happen in 2020 with New England. And if it's, if it's nothing, then they're going to be one of the headliners for 2021 immediately without doing anything. Without doing anything, they're going to be on the top of that list. So... More good news for Patriots fans. What else? What else stood out in terms of roster cuts, team building? Uh, you know, we can go through kind of our depth charts here, Scott, our positional spending. I mean, who's got the, you know, who's who's spending the most? Did, did those teams surprise you? I threw that tweet out yesterday as well. It's adjusted a little bit since with the, with the roster cuts. But, I mean, it, does it surprise you that the Colts are head and shoulders above everybody else right now in terms of finances? A little bit, but I guess not really because they know that they sort of need to spend right now with the at least the one year with Philip Rivers. They're sort of all in at this point. Yeah. Um, and they probably feel the need to have to spend to get 
the players that they need because they're going up against Kansas City Chiefs. Well, let, let's talk um, about and, where and they the spent, Scott, because this will, I think this will lead into your point a little bit more. So they've got $47 million into quarterbacks, which is absurd. It's $15 million more than basically everyone else in the league. That's Rivers. That's Brissett still on his starting quarterback money. And uh, who am I forgetting here? I think there's, a, there's one more here, correct? I believe it's a young kid. Jacob Eason. Okay, so there you go. Uh, but that all factors into $47 million. So they've got a, a, a huge chunk of money there. They've got $45 million on the offensive line. They've got $45 million on the defensive line, and they've got $20 million into the secondary. If you're going to spend money, that sounds about right. So I'm not going to knock them for having all this money nope. plugged in because it's not like, they're spending, it's not like they've given C.J. Mosley $18 million a year on the, to be an inside linebacker. It's not like they've given you know, a, a running back, not to the caliber of McCaffrey, $15 million a year. They haven't done that either. In fact, T.Y. Hilton's wide receiver contract is the only real skill position that's worth anything on this team. So... They're playing kind of, uh, you know, close to the to the chest with their skill positions right now. They just drafted, you know, Jonathan Taylor, so that's going to be cost-controlled. Outside of the trade that brought into Forrest Buckner, which was obviously a first-round pick plus $21 million a year, this team really hasn't been reckless. So the fact that they're spending over $200 million in cap on this roster right now is calculated. My, my guess is they, they love most of it. You know, they need Buckner to be a force so that that, that paycheck – doesn't sound crazy in 12 months here when we're sitting here. But other than that, you know, if Rivers doesn't work out, well, it was a one-year shot. We gave it a shot on exactly what he was worth, $25 million a year, which is $20 million less than the highest-paid quarterback in the league now. So when you think about it that way, it's perfect. It, it's, a, it's a risk worth taking. So doesn't surprise me either that they're there. Like you said, they're all in. They've been all in since Rivers signed that contract there. Uh, some of these other teams, though, I think would, would turn some eyes, you know, were you expecting the Bills to be up this high at this point with a rookie quarterback? No, I, I didn't expect to see the Raiders at number two, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, it, even the Packers, I mean, yeah, they have Rodgers, but, yeah. you know, their offensive line, they're what? They're fourth right now in spending for their offensive line. So they're they're spending on their quarterback. They're spending on their offensive line. And they've spent on their linebackers, but again, they really haven't spent on their skill players as Rodgers wanted. And, and a lot um, of people think their secondary is garbage. So, yeah, <laughs> that's not that's not a good recipe for mo- modern football right now. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Rodgers has I, I, made it work before, I, I, but I will say that in looking at these numbers, the AFC South with the Colts, the Chiefs, the Texans, the Titans—they're all in that top eight here. So they're all vying against each other. And with the Titans signing Clowney um, over yep. the weekend here. Yeah, that's th- going to that- add to that. I don't even have that in yet. That's not confirmed yet. So Tennessee is going to jump into the top five. And so are Buffalo with Tredavious's white extension. Those are going to be two teams now. You're right. That are essentially financially all in. Are they ready to win the Super Bowl, though, right? Yeah, that, and that's the million-dollar question. Um, but that AFC South, I mean – Financially, it's a slugfest, but you know it's going to be interesting to see who comes out of there because all four teams are spending right now to win, yep. and you know the the Chiefs are the top dog to take down in these these teams. So the are Chiefs are out west. Chiefs are out west, over. but it's a similar conversation. Oh, yeah, Don't worry, right, right? Because the Chargers are spending just as much. You you can say the same about those two divisions outside of Jacksonville, of course, but uh, which is the complete opposite conversation. But yeah, you're right. The, it's not like teams are laying back and letting Kansas City do this. You know what I mean? Where we've seen, I mean, I'm yep. sitting here in, the, in an AFC East town. There were a lot of years where Buffalo, Miami, and the Jets basically said, we're not doing that. We're not going to go invest an extra $75 million this offseason knowing that we can't even come close to that juggernaut that is the Patriots right now. There was a four- to five-year run there where they just backed off. They truly just backed off. You're seeing teams do this in baseball right now where the Dodgers and the Yankees decided it's time to go. And Boston just sold the entire team, <laughs> literally just sold it out because they said, we're not, we're not capable right now on the field of keeping up. So we're literally going to purge our finances and, uh, and cleanse ourselves and get ready for a situation where we can compete more. It's good business. It's ugly business. Um, but that's not what's happening here, to your point. It's a good point to be made here. There are not teams just laying over and letting Kansas City repeat this thing in the AFC. So 
Yeah, Houston's in. Buffalo's in. Tennessee's in. The Chargers are in. And the Chargers just got rid of their quarterback. So <laughs> I give them a lot of credit. Eight, eight of the top 10 is all AFC right now, too. Yeah. So that's super interesting that the NFC, and maybe it's because of, you know, low veteran or rookie salaries on some of these other teams. But, you know, the the AFC teams, they're all in right now. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Let's look at the bottom real quick. It's important. Jacksonville, of course, way down, way, way down, like like 70, like almost 80 million less than the leading Colts. <laughs> I mean, we are uh, we are seeing some sort of purge out of Jacksonville right now, and I get it, and I'm in for it. And guess what? They're still going to win some games. They are still going to win some games. They're going to sign Devontae Freeman to be the starting running back. I, I expect that to happen today, in fact. They're going to have, they have DJ Chark, Chris Connolly, a couple of really nice wide receivers, and Gardner Minshew, he ain't a bag of potatoes. I mean, he's going to play some good football for that team. We've, we've seen it. He's not going to have a crazy high ceiling. He is going to be who he is, but they're, going to, they're not going to lose all 16. That's for sure. So they're going to win some games with $124 million cap payroll. Patriots are second last. This is new territory for us. Like I said, they are generally 15th or 16th, and it is written in stone. That's just how that Belichick McDaniel system has worked. They know it. They know just enough to sign to stay relevant. They did not do that this year. They did not go out and make a twelve million dollar defensive signing, you know, uh, a, a, tw- a ten million dollar offensive lineman signing to shore up the depth there. They just didn't do it. They had players leave, and they didn't recover those kind of finances. They are sitting second last in the league right now. It's new territory. If they win this year, if they win, if they're even in the AFC Championship game this year. I'm going to have to just tip my hat to the highest degree because, yeah. Yeah, because what they have gone through as an organization is unlike any other team. No, nobody has six opt-outs. Nobody lost their, their MVP caliber starting quarterback and replaced them with, you know, a lot of unknowns, a ton of uncertainty. At least, you know, most of the teams that lost the quarterback went out and, and invested a draft pick, at, at least at the minimum, outside of a free agent. I mean, the, you know, even Dallas brought in Andy Dalton with the uncertainty of Dak Prescott. So... You know, that just didn't happen in New England. So if they can win right now at 144 and change, I give them all the credit in the world, truly, because the other teams down here, Jacksonville, the Jets, the Panthers, you know, the Giants and the Redskins, we know what they are. You know, I think the Giants might surprise a couple of people week in, week out, but we know who they are. It's the next team I want to talk about. They are one, two, three, four, five, six. They are seventh from the bottom. It's Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Baltimore is the team you're talking about when you're saying pretty much everything on the roster is rookie cost controlled. Everything. I mean, if you think yes. about from top to bottom, including the fact that they've now released Earl Thomas, who was the highest and maybe most reckless contract on that entire roster. And, you know, they might get out of the guarantees on that because of what happened. The, from a financial standpoint, it is all good news for the Ravens. And I think that's going to translate to heck of a lot of wins. I mean, do we have the Vegas numbers here, Scott? If you're looking at your future odds here, checking out VegasInsider.com, obviously they're the second favorites in the AFC. <laughs> Actually, just in the entire Super Bowl. That's the Super Bowl odds. They are right there with Kansas City, basically neck and neck. And uh, every, uh, you know, the rest of the field is, is double, at least double away. So as of right now, we're fully expecting a Chiefs-Ravens AFC championship game. That sounds right. Couldn't be more different financially right now. And oh, by the way, Patrick Mahomes isn't even factoring into this cap discussion yet because his cap remained exactly the same this year, even though he just locked in $450 million. So Kansas City's third on this list at 195. And what did I say? Seventh lowest. So 25th for Baltimore at 160. That's a a big, big (laughs) difference. I mean, in in terms of what you're paying out in cash, how your team is built right now. And and look, it has to do with the skill positions. If you talk about what, what the Chiefs have, it's veterans. It's established veterans with veteran contracts. Travis Kelsey just re-upped. Tyreek Hill was last year. Sammy Watkins just redid his deal. That's big-time money, not to mention their offensive line as well. So, you know, it's where we are. They're two different, completely different financially built teams that, from a Vegas perspective, are the same team right now on paper in terms of what they should win and how far they should go in the 2020 season. So if Baltimore can do this, sit in 27th in spending right now, you know, they did this once before, by the way. You know, they looked like this, that the year Joe Flacco was on an expiring contract, and everybody bet on Joe Flacco, and Joe Flacco 
made $120 million because of that Super Bowl victory. So, I, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are going to side with Baltimore this year. Are you one of them? Yeah, I would. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be I, your that'd be your AFC I, pick right now? Yeah, I think I would pick them. I, I, I like the moves that they did. They drafted pretty well. They, they got uh, their next man up running back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, I would probably pick them if I was putting money down on it. Here's the move I'd make today if I'm the Baltimore Ravens, just to shake up this conversation a little bit. Uh, you know, obviously they're, they're bottom third in basically every positional category of spending. I'm going to change that today with the offensive line. And I'm going to make Ronnie Stanley the, the first $23 million <laughs> offensive lineman in the history <laughs> of the NFL. Because if, I, if, I'm, if I'm still seeing the Lamar Jackson in camp that I saw last year, then my left tackle right now is the second most important person on that roster. And he's worth it. Yeah, you're right. He's absolutely yeah, worth it. Right. I don't want to screw around with this. I don't want to wait. You know, teams aren't being scared away by this COVID situation, by a cap drop next year. Any viable superstar in this league is getting paid right now. And Ronnie Stanley is one of those players. I think that's got to get done before this season starts, and nobody's going to gawk at it. So I would that's a number I would expect to change to bring things up a little bit. Uh, but we'll see if they get that done. Other than that, you know, wide receivers, the running backs, they, they also brought in a rookie running back who's going to catch some balls in J.K. Dobbins. They're just they're built for a good three to four year run here from a cost control standpoint. There, Baltimore is seventh, uh, seventh most active rookie contracts on their roster, and the Chiefs they're fifth from the bottom. Yeah, at twenty one. There you go. So it's stark difference as far as yeah. Active while, while you're looking contracts. at that, Scott, who else is is very uh, rookie contract heavy? Do you have it right there? Yeah, yeah, I do. So number one is the Rams with 35 and then Jacksonville with 32 Minnesota with 31 Green Bay and Indy and Washington all have 29 and then Baltimore at 28. It's really interesting. And it's, it's half, half the roster. <laughs> right. Well, then, if you're then, thinking about a yeah, 53 man roster with some injured reserve players, you're talking about half your roster is on rookie contracts. That's a good recipe. Yeah. And then when you flip it, the most veteran contracts, it, 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 sort of reflects this positional spending that we're looking it's at. It's got to be the Raiders, right? You've got Tennessee with the Tennessee and Chicago with the most veteran. Then you have San Francisco, Buffalo, and Kansas City all have 32. Sorry, Ch- Chicago and Tennessee have 36. And then 32 for San Francisco, Buffalo, Kansas City. And then the Raiders at 31. And uh, Houston has 33. So It's really interesting. Yeah, we're going to have to come back to that list once we know a little bit more about this season just to kind of reassess how it's working. You know, can teams push that far down the line with 30, 30 rookie contracts on the roster? You know what I mean? Because if that can mm-hmm. happen, boy, it's bad news for veterans, more bad news for veterans, right? I mean, if it cost is. control can win and win consistently, it's bad news. It's really bad news unless you can pull out some magic like Kansas City has done here, which is basically say, all right, you're rookies. We're going we're gonna to pay everybody, and we're going to still compete. I, that, that doesn't work either, generally. <laughs> but that's going to be a case study because you yeah. know, they were able to win with Mahomes on his, on his rookie deal there. Yeah. Uh, that cost control. It's sort of Baltimore's do it now before you have to pay Lamar. Um, well, Seattle hasn't but, done it since when, when Russell did it for him. Seattle right. hasn't done and it since. They've gotten close, of I, course. I, but Well, and I'd have to look. Was Rodgers on his rookie contract when he won? I don't believe so. No, I don't believe so. But but it's not, it, it's not as common as we like to think it is. The, the, the commonality, you know, the trend that always comes out at the end of the year is the highest paid quarterback doesn't win either. You know, and, and no, generally speaking, had, the highest paid anything doesn't win. So if you're, if you're leading right. the list right now, it's bad news for your team. Yeah, we've ran that metric where we've looked at the Super Bowl quarterbacks and it's what 22 or 20 million in cap hit has been the highest winner. Yeah, uh, if I remember correctly, and it came out to like 12.8 percent. So some of these guys that are locking into these uh, big extensions, Mm -hmm. which I'm assuming we'll get to here in a bit, um, you know, doesn't fold well for them. Well, well, let me tell you what that is right now, Scott, because your numbers are correct about 12.8 percent, which is 25 million. Well, guess who just signed a one-year, twenty-five million-dollar contract this year? Philip Rivers. <laughs> so, yep. if you uh, if you're a betting man, 
or a betting woman, I would put some money on the Colts because you're right. That is the, the trend yeah. that we have figured out from a financial standpoint. It's kind of that. Tampa Bay, Tom Brady. Oh, Tampa Jesus. And, and Breeze, right? And Breeze. Breeze, too. Yep, right. There's three pretty darn good teams that you could uh, you could put in the Super Bowl right now based on just that simple, stupid formula. So, <laughs> uh, if you're a math person and you believe in that and you're a gambler, there's, there's, a, uh, there's a road to your next gambling bet right there. All right. Yeah, you want to get to these extensions? I mean, we kind of discussed the, pers- the positional spending a little bit here. Not too much else to get to. Like I said, no real big shakeups. So if you've looked at the site before and you kind of know where teams are, it's basically that. I mean, we just kind of chopped off 11 or 12 of the minimum contracts. A couple of uh, you know veteran minimum contracts came off. Most of those, because of the expanded practice squads, are now sitting on a practice squad. So if you were a veteran, you can get six veterans on that squad at 204000 for the whole year. You know, or you can bring in rookie contracts back at 142,000 for the year. So teams are taking advantage of all these little COVID restructured rules. The biggest one of which I want to say it on here too, is the IR change. If you, and the reason there's a lot of updates today is, you know, if you put someone on the IR prior to cutdowns, prior to Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, that player is out for the whole year. So there's a handful of those players who can't come back. They're, They're just too far gone. It, it wasn't worth get, having them make the initial 53. Let's just get them off of our, our 53-man roster right now. They're done for the year. But going forward now, anyone put on the IR after Saturday at 4 p.m. can come back in three weeks. Everyone. No, it's an unlimited amount. So there's a three-week minimum to stay in the IR. Then you've got 20 or so days to activate that player and deem them healthy, and they can come back. So it's... I mean, that's teams are going to abuse the heck out of that. You know, if you've got a, yeah. a minor a high ankle sprain, for instance, that used to shelve somebody for the entire year, even though they'd be healthy by week 15, doesn't have to be the case anymore. You can get that player healthy and bring him back and slow play this thing a little bit. And it's good, by the way. It's, I'm not saying this is a, a loophole or anything. This is, you know, with the situation we're in from a health and safety standpoint, this is absolutely a must. But just be wary of that, especially if you're fantasy owners, right? And a skill position player goes down week one. Don't just cut. It's not like it's not like it used to be. An IR doesn't mean what it used to mean. So, uh, you, you know, be conscious of that, that uh, that player could be back and playing by week five, week six easily. So it's a, that to me, that's one of the bigger changes for 2020. Yeah. And the fact that team that the good teams that know this, they know timing yeah. is important. So you can cut a certain person and then put a guy on an IR and then <laughs> well, re-sign that guy. I was thinking about this guy. You you're cut. right. You're right. We saw a lot of that too. Get out of the contract initially, re-sign him to a minimum and then IR him. I was thinking about this though. It, Tampa Bay is going to just find a way to put Gronk on the IR for three, four weeks, right? Just to make sure he's fresh, let him go work out, but get, get more up to speed. They've already got three other tight ends. Great tight ends. Right. But, but, but again, that's the coaching knowing those rules and yeah. using them to their advantage. Yeah. You know, Gronk's going to sprain a pinky playing video games or something just to get on the IR yeah, and rest. Really. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you let him play, get the rust off for a couple of weeks, then, oh, he's got a knee injury or shoulder injury, and we're going to let him sit for a few weeks and, and save some money and bring up a guy to get some experience and then yeah. drop him back down. And bring Rock back again. It's all about that timing and the manipulation to yeah. get as much experience as possible for some of these guys and sustain those guys for the long haul. Especially if you think you have Super Bowl aspirations like Tampa Bay at this point. Yeah, no question. We kind of missed one notable release. I mean, it didn't surprise me because I'm you know head head first into this stuff. But you're you're in the, in that neck of the woods. Did the Adrian oh. Peterson release ruffle some feathers out there, or was it kind of? We understand yeah, what's happening here. It did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. A lot of a lot of the uh, uh, radio personalities were kind of shocked by the move and didn't understand why the move necessarily had to happen. And I guess how it went down was uh, Ron Rivera called Peterson in, wanted to talk to him. So Peterson drove in, and then they said, "We're releasing you." Yeah. And. They didn't really understand the need to do so with how he's been producing on the field these last couple of years. And, you know, you've got some of these young kids and you know that veteran presence to help with those kids. But they, they must have seen something in the organization to want to move forward, um, perhaps with uh, the new kid Gibson. Yeah. 
and give some other guys a, a chance. But from the, the guys that I follow on Twitter, they were pretty surprised at the move when it happened. I mean, it didn't even clear that much cap space, so you can't really call it a cap casualty. I mean, to some degree it is. It's, you know, over a million save. But, uh, yeah, I mean, with, with the need for so much depth at that position, and by the way, they had already had a player released because of legal matters. They, they always have injuries. Bryce Love hasn't been healthy. Is he going to play? Is he, is he available? I think he's available, but I'm not sure how much he's going to play. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think I think they really like this Gibson kid. Yeah, but where's so the I, depth? I, is my is my counter to what they just did yeah, over that, there? Yeah, and that that's a good point because they let Chris Thompson go. Um, who's yeah, on Jacksonville. I'm looking now, right now, Scott. Really it, you're right. He's gonna he's gonna play for Jacksonville because of his dynamic versatility. I'm looking at it now, Scott. It's Peyton Barber, Antonio Gibson, and then Bryce Glo- Bryce Love. That's your mm. top three. Those guys yeah. must have had a hell of a camp. That's all I can say. Because other than that, you, you know, you keep a barely, a basically veteran minimum Adrian Peterson, especially on a young team like this. So it, it, it surprised me from a depth perspe- perspective. My thinking, and, and I'm surprised this isn't the actual story coming up, but you're saying otherwise. I'm surprised. My thinking was AP wanted out. AP wanted to go to a contender. AP wanted a better chance out. But you're saying that's not the story being told, huh? Yeah, right. The story I, I was told or that I've read a few times was he was called in by coaching and released then when he when he got in there. So, yeah. Uh, All right. A little bit of a, high, a head scratcher then. We'll see. Uh, by the way, Detroit, not a contender. So <laughs> <laughs> actually, I shouldn't yeah, say that they, they did have a nice 2019 to start, which but yeah, that 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 signing was a head scratcher for me because as a player at his age yeah. and what he's done the last few years, you'd think he could go to a, a different team that has the space that is going to be a contender. Um, I, I saw a funny tweet from someone I can't remember who, but they said, "Oh, I think Tampa Bay needs a running back <laughs> yeah. because yeah. they decided so many six guys, isn't but, enough, right?" Uh, but some of the, but some of these other teams that you know are going to probably go deep into the playoffs that probably could have used an Adrian Peterson like for the long haul, and he ends up going to Detroit. So, yeah, I, yeah, know. I had two, maybe three better teams for him right off the, right out of the gate. I mean, just slightly better odds in terms of contention than Detroit would be Chicago, who definitely have a need with David Montgomery banged up. I I have the same conversation with Philadelphia and Miles Sanders being banged up. They're definitely in better contention, and. Quite, quite frankly, Minnesota's probably in this conversation because who knows what's going to happen with Delvin Cook. I mean, we haven't heard that he's going to hold out, but there's, a, there's still a good chance that if he's not paid by week one, he's not playing week one. There's still a chance for that. So if that's the case, do you have enough depth on that Minnesota team to justify all the other spendings you, you've made? I mean, you have, you have gone all in now for three years, financially speaking. You've gone all in. And yes, you traded away Diggs, but you're, you've backloaded that with so much, especially defensively. Uh, you know, you can't afford to have that big, big of a piece just walk away from your team and not have coverage. And I guess to that point, Scott, is I'm also surprised he, AP didn't just wait. Just wait. Mm-hmm. Just take a minute. See how these rosters unfold. Uh, you know, but there's this too. And it's a point I want to make here, so it's good transition. Being on that roster when he got on that roster... If he sticks week one, fully guaranteed. Guaranteed. Vested, yep, vested veteran, that. fully guaranteed. So, you know, you play two weeks for Detroit and you find out it's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a disaster. It's a dumpster fire. And you just basically say, I'm out of here. Get me out of here. Release me. Release me. I'll go somewhere else. Uh, that's probably he and the agent's thinking is let's just latch on somewhere and make sure we get ourselves locked in with the vested veteran contract. And then we can uh, put up a stink if we have to after that. But look, he's made his money. <laughs> he has... He has made his money. He's made over $101 million. Uh, not sure about the Hall of Fame with the off-the-field stuff. That's not for this mm-hmm. conversation, but not sure on that. Obviously, he has yeah. Hall of Fame statistics. So, you know, if, uh, if we're seeing sort of the end of the, uh, the beginning of the end here for AP, it's been a hell of a run for sure. Okay, let's talk about some of these signings before we get too deep down the uh, 53-man roster rabbit hole, which, you know, any questions on that, for sure, hit me up at Spytrek on Twitter. I have been... Knee deep in it. So <laughs> I probably know way too much about the 49th player on all these rosters, and that's just okay right now. But let's talk about some of the superstars who locked in. We'll start with Watson because I have 
the full uh, the full contract details on that. My thanks to Mike Florio at, at Pro Football Talk for doing a great job breaking that down for all of us. Uh, have you had a chance to look, Scott? Yeah, I did. Yeah, what do you think? Compared to Mahomes a little bit, compared to the quarterback contracts you, we've talked about on here over the past few months, wh- where does Deshaun Watson rank for you? I have an answer. What's yours? Um, I think they're good for the next two years. And then, man, that $40 million cap hit in 2022, I, I get it. They're assuming that uh, the TV money is going to kick in then, which is why it balloons at that 2022 year. Um, but as I messaged you back and forth, Watson's at the four-year extension. Mahomes was at the 10-year. Watson is going to be able to re-up. And okay, you're taking my answer. You're taking my answer, man. Uh, no, no, ah, no I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but uh, I, let me let me. He's gonna. Let me comment on the forty million first, Scott. Let me comment on the forty million because you're right. That's the first thing people are going to see when they look at this contract. The cap hits are nine, fifteen, and then forty. Basically, what happened here is they took some of. If you're talking about the the rookie contract, okay, so he was set to be on cap hits of four point four and seventeen point five in terms of his fifth year option next year. Really, what they did is they just took five million off that fifth year option and pulled it back into twenty twenty in terms of what they ca- how they structured this thing. So they, they saved themselves actually almost $2 million next year from that fifth-year option into this extension, which makes a ton of sense, obviously. I mean, yeah, 2021 is going to be smart. a nightmare from a cap perspective. So yeah, then you get yourself smart. from 15.9 to f- over $40 million in 2022. Here's what they did. There's an ancillary roster bonus in 2023 of $17 million, which will become guaranteed in 2022. So really, this is a true four-year contract. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. My point is this. In that 2022 season, there's a $35 million base salary. Base salary, okay? That's a, wow. that's a gigantic high base salary. So let's say there's 18 games at that point, which I would guess there would be at that point, uh, or 18 weeks, 17 games in a bye week. You're talking almost $2 million a week in terms of base salary. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. They're going to restructure the hell out of that $35 million salary even before it ever gets there. So you're going to see essentially a second signing bonus at, you know, in the 2022 season, which is going to spread out some of that dead cap, of course. But who cares? It's your quarterback. If he's still even you know, a shell of this, it's going to be worth it to them. So I'm not worried at all about the cap hit in year three or in year four, even though year four is going to get big. It's going to get, I mean, we're talking, it could be closer to 46, 47 million when they do that restructure. So they'll have, probably have to restructure that roster bonus. So my, my thinking is this is exactly what was, what was being done, okay? They know they're going to restructure in 2022. They're also going to restructure in 2023. So there's going to be a hell of a lot of dead cap sitting in 2024. But mm-hmm. they're going to restructure. They're going to, they're going to redo an extension. So this is going to be a four-year, $111, really $112 million, basically fully guaranteed extension. Four years, $112 million. And in 2024, they're going to spread that dead cap out a little bit more and redo the whole thing. He'll be 28 years old. And to your point, yeah. where you, that's where you were going. He's going to be 28. He's going to get to do this all over again. The cap's going to be a, you know, $230 million at that point, maybe $240. Uh, you know, and then 20% of that is a heck of a lot of money. So on another four-year extension at 28 years old, it's good news. So he gets $112 million. He probably gets $150 million more after that fully guaranteed. He's a $300 million man at that point. He's, he's a happy dude. So yes, you can put this up against Mahomes year by year by year, but Deshaun's getting out of this thing. He's getting out in right. three years. And not only will he want to get out, but from a dead cap perspective, Houston's going to have to. They're going to have to redo the, the, the way that the structure of those base salaries in 2024 and 25 just to be able to make this work. They're following the Matthew Stafford line. Matthew Stafford made so much effing money because Detroit had to continually extend him to restructure the cap system. Mm -hmm. Seriously, if you haven't seen how much Matthew Stafford's made in his career, go look. You will not be disappointed. Uh, That's the path Watson's on here. That's what they're doing with him, and it's good news for him. I I love the contract. I love everything about this contract. I love how much he makes this year, $30 I love that he took a little bit less next year when they know there's going to have to be some wiggle room. Everybody's going to have to shift next year. And I love that they built in a double restructure system, knowing he's going to have to get paid again at age 28. It's, it's such a strong quarterback contract. 
uh, you know, and I'm not going to compare it to Mahomes because, well, you know, I, I did on Twitter. You know, he's making $75 million over the first three seasons. Mahomes is making 63 So if you care about the right now, this is a pretty strong deal. Yeah, and the thoughts that I have now that you've gone through that is Houston is buying themselves time, but giving Watson the money that he wants to satisfy him, yeah. knowing that we don't know where the cap is going to be in 2022 or 2023 and, and, and so forth. So they're at least buying their time so they can, if they, like you said, they're going to have to restructure. And at that point, we'll know what the cap is so they can restructure accordingly based on that cap that we'll know um, and just push things down the line. So it, it's a win-win for both teams, I think. Oh, by the way, because you mentioned the TV money, which hits 2022, you know, that's not going to adjust the league cap until at least 2023. But if, it's as bi- if, if the money's as big as we all think it's going to be, 2023 might be such a big jump, might be the NBA cap jump that they don't even have to do that second restructure. They just take that cap hit as is, 46, 47 million, and go from there, which makes the, everybody's life easier after that. Watson can mm-hmm. still get a new contract with two years left, but there's not as much dead cap on that thing, so it even looks cleaner. He can get more cash up front on that, on that third contract. Everybody's ha- even happier at that point. So they've built in a situation that they, they can control their destiny if the cap doesn't jump as much as they think to until 2024. But if it does, it's going to work out even better for them. That's what I mean. There's really no, outside of just a, a nasty injury, which knock on wood for Watson, this thing's great for both sides. It's great. It really is. You know, they're going to have to bite the bullet on a couple of high cap hits, but every team's going to have to. You know, we're sitting here talking about cost control quarterbacks. Well, the Bills ain't going to have Josh Allen at $9 million forever. <laughs> Lamar Jackson's going to get a $42.5 million contract next year if I have my numbers right. Uh, you know, what we don't know about Baker or Darnold, but, you know, right now half the league is, is, a, is a rookie quarterback. Half the league is a cost control quarterback. It's impossible to keep it that way unless you never pay. Unless you never pay. You know, if you're always going back to the rookie well, you can keep yourself cost controlled. But we're, we're, we're ending the, the iteration, the cycle of team, a lot of teams being cost controlled and entering into an era where we're going to have 75% of the of teams on veteran quarterback contracts. So it's going to be a whole new discussion for us. We're not, you know, that's not going to drive the conversation. You know, you know, teams can win with a rookie contract. You're, you're not going to see that as much outside of Jacksonville going from worst to first with Trevor Lawrence, but, or Joe Burrow, right? Um, but it's going to be a different conversation. This is the start of it. I mean, you know, the Watson Mahomes conversation is the start of the, the, the league cyclically shifting to veteran quarterbacks. And in terms of how they're structured, I think the Watson one is a home run. So enough on that. Uh, where I'm sitting right now in Buffalo, they did some damage as well this, this weekend. Definitely expected. And in terms of the numbers, absolutely expected because we had a, him projected at $17.1 million a year. He locked in a contract at $17.25 million a year. So just about what the doctor ordered here, Brandon being another really strong contract, not just because we projected it, but also because it's what the market called for. It was 750, excuse me, it was 7 million more. Wait, do I have that right? No, it was 700,000 more than the next highest contract, 16 and six, 16.6 million. So, you know, they didn't have to break the bank. Tredavious White, I think some would argue he's the top cornerback in the league. I don't think there's much argument when you look at the advanced data, though. He's a he's the shutdown corner that teams dream for. Buffalo selected him way high up in that draft, and they have been rewarded for it. And now they've turned the turned the corner on him. Any anything? Yeah, I, I don't have the the details yet. We're, I'm hoping to get that today. Uh, I imagine it's a smaller signing bonus with some big base salaries they can restructure. That's kind of the way p- things are going. But uh, what's your thoughts, Scott? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you had a, an extremely valid point on Twitter that you brought up about the Bills were ready now to do this, whereas they weren't in a in a ready state with Gilmore yeah. a couple years well, ago. Well, a lot of people so compared it to I mean, Gil, Gilmore yeah. was this good and still is this talented. There's an argument to be made that he's the, the best veteran quarterback in football, and he has shown that in New England, and he will continue to show that, I think. Um, you're right, though that you know the bills probably tried because you you always have to try with those superstar players uh Gilmore wanted out of Buffalo and you understand it that team was not ready to have a high paid cornerback with a lot of players that are unknowns that's not what the bills are now the bills have a lot of players that they think are long term course you know successful players they've just paid a left tackle they're probably going to pay a quarterback next year they've got two rookie rookie running backs that they like 
you know, they brought in Stefan Diggs on a ton of draft capital, uh, and they will probably restructure him after 2020 if it goes well. So, you know, they've got the formula in place here right now for a two to three year run. And part of it comes with paying. And like I said, they're staggering their paychecks, which is smart. They're not going all in like the Rams did, where they've got four contracts aligned together that you just don't want that. You don't want the cash flow to sync up like that. And you don't want the dead cap to sync up like that. You want to be able to stagger your control over your roster. That's what Buffalo has done. And in terms of the average annual salary, the amount of guaranteed money, it's to me, it's just another slam dunk for Brandon Bean. So kudos to him and good for Tredavious White. He's a heck of a player. And uh, just from locally, super active in the community. Just one of those guys you, you love to have in the local team. So good for him. Keenan Allen, not one I saw yep. coming. This is not one I saw coming, although I should have, because he hasn't been as hurt as I thought he's been. He hasn't been, he hasn't declined at all like we thought he might have. Uh, you know, you do your homework after you see he got a $20, $20 million contract and you say, oh, this is still the guy. Maybe Philip Rivers just wasn't the quarterback, you know? And that's really, mm-hmm. I think, what we're seeing. Now, there's a lot to be said about Tyrod Taylor this year. I don't think Tyrod Taylor is the right quarterback for Keenan Allen either. But that's not the long term there. We know that. By week six, it's going to be Justin Herbert's show. And he has got the arm for a guy like Keenan Allen. So clearly there's a plan in place here because you don't give that kind of money, you know, up over $80 million, more than half guaranteed to a – and that's Keenan Allen's third contract now. So keeping him in the fold on a team that has sort of dropped it back a little bit and is trying to rebuild on the fly, especially with the quarterback position – it's a little bit of an eyebrow raiser, but they must love it. They must love the situation that's coming, you know, like I said, maybe a year down the road here to keep this guy in the fold on that kind of a paycheck. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I was surprised as well that um, they extended him, but his production has been fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he's had th- three straight years, over a thousand yards, uh, six reception touchdowns in those last three years. Um, you know, he's been one of those fantasy sleepers. I totally, think, totally where underrated. You, where if you have him on your roster, he, he is consistently producing. And if you don't have him on your roster, you wish you had him. I saw the, uh, when, when the, when the numbers came out on Allen's contract and like I said, it was kind of not a, you know, nobody's even referenced that there were negotiations happening. <laughs> you know what, what audience just went off on this contract, the dynasty off <laughs> the dynasty fantasy right. off. because now Keenan Allen jumped about 9 million in AAV kind of out of nowhere. And he's the second highest paid wide receiver in football. Yeah. Uh, so that hurts your salary cap fantasy league for sure. Uh, what else? One more, right? I'm, what am I missing here? I'm missing an extension. Joe Mixon. Mixon was a good one. We talked about that a little bit on the last show. Uh, I thought 12 uh, million was just about right. Just about what the doctor ordered. We can certainly talk about Clowney here. <laughs> Uh, did you see the tweet I put out that NFL.com reported about the Saints' attempt to get Jadavian Clowney? This is worth yeah, discussing I, on the air. It is. So we had a situation a couple of years back with Brock Osweiler. Remember, you remember the Cleveland Browns essentially bought Brock Osweiler for, <laughs> along with a second-round draft pick. Uh, yep. they, they took on his cap and cash, for the most part, away from Houston and took Houston's second-round pick in doing so. So it was essentially a cap circumvention move by Houston, which the league allowed to happen because Brock Osler was a quarterback. There was rumors that Cleveland needed a quarterback because they needed a quarterback. Well, they didn't play him. In fact, they didn't even keep him. <laughs> okay? They kept him long enough so that the, uh, the legalities would, would, would allow for it. You know what I mean? So that they wouldn't nix that trade. And then they, they moved on from him. They paid him basically $16 million to go away. And that didn't happen this time. The Saints tried. They, they tried real hard. And it sounds like Cleveland was the team again. It sounds like New Orleans asked Cleveland to sign Jadavian Clowney to a one-year $15 million contract that included a $5 million signing bonus, of which Cleveland would pay. Then New Orleans would send Cleveland a second-round pick in return for Jadavian Clowney on a one-year, fully guaranteed $10 million contract. That's the deal. I love it. I mean, that is, that is playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. It's a hell of a try. You mentioned how they're in cap hell. I understand people are starting to understand that cap can be found anywhere, but it's late, and they've got about $3 million to work with. So yeah. 
you had to get that gun done under the gun to get a guy like that, like that in who was, you know, you're competing with Tennessee, you're competing with Cleveland, I think still for, for him, for his rights. You had to get creative at the last hour here. And they did. I love that the, the NFL guys released this story. I really do. Um, oh, by the way, the NFL nixed, nixed it. I, you know, I, I kind of dropped, I buried the lead there. The NFL nixed the trade. So he's in Tennessee on a 12 to $15 million contract based on incentives. What do you think? I, I think if this would have happened a month ago and they had Clowney on their roster for a week and then pulled the trade instead of a last minute, yeah, uh, pull the cloak out and uh, it, it probably would have gone through. But I think with the, the quick turnaround and um, I don't think the NFL liked that. It's sort of, it reminds me of the, with the Chris Paul trade that was supposed to <laughs> yeah. go to the Lakers and it did it and got nixed different situation, but mm-hmm. uh, si- sim- similar scenario as far as trying to pull a, a dipsy do dunkaroo there. And it didn't work in this case. So it sounds like new Orleans was also going to include a player, but obviously it wasn't a player of any impact. Because that's, no. how, that's how you fix this, right? You put a real player in that trade. Mm-hmm. You make it a real player and a second-round pick for Clowney. But New Orleans can't do that. I mean, they're, they're all in, as we mentioned. Every signing they've made has been calculated for you know, a specific reason to win this year. They think they have the roster to do it. Um, I, I get it. I, I love that they tried. I, 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 they took him out to dinner. They did everything right. I mean, Twitter was all over this all weekend. But he lands in Tennessee. I, it's tough to hate it. That's always been the destination. Tennessee has vocally been trying to get him since February. They were just waiting for that price to drop because they too, as we made note of, have a ton of cap allocated already. So they, they just couldn't go big on a multi-year contract. Uh, and the second the Ngakwe move happened and he, and he dropped his price down to $12 million to go to Minnesota, that was always going to be the price. That, that, that's it. When so, you, you can't have something like that that is so aligned with the Clowney situation happen and then expect Clowney to go and get 18 million still. It's not going to happen. So good for Clowney, I guess, for holding out for his price, but it, it sounds like he can get to the 15 million he's been looking for with pro bowl or wh- whatever it's going to be, you know, team wins, playoff wins. I, I, I'm really interested to see the structure on that one, but this is, I, I'm glad he got to this team because I think Tennessee is a, is a really good fit. He's a really nice, versatile player for a defense that is really good and obviously an offense that can score some points. That's why they were in the AFC Championship game last year. So whether or not they can do it again, this is certainly a a nice piece for that puzzle going forward. What else? Am I missing an extension? I feel like I'm... Yeah, Cam Uh, Hayward. Cameron Hayward. Cam Hayward, late last night before I was trying to get to bed. (laughs) Um, This one I knew was coming, and, and the price is right. He's the seventh highest average paid defensive tackle now, but he's also over 30. And guys over 30 just don't get this kind of money. So it's, it's a testament to the player. He has remained in Pittsburgh, kind of quietly speaking. He's, he, he doesn't get the Aaron Donald comparisons that he used to get in 2017. He's still a hell of a football player. That team is loaded with 30-plus-year-olds that if they work out still, look out. They are going to be major contenders for, for Baltimore in that division and that entire AFC, to be honest. Because if Ben is healthy... You've got contract years for James Conner. You've got contract years for Juju Smith-Schuster. You've got two legitimate tight ends and Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald. The recipe is right for Ben to succeed in that offense if, he's, if he can stay healthy. And boy, I don't know if you watched that documentary. Have you watched that? No. There's a documentary out there about Ben's recovery from this injury. Oh, no. It's incredible. I seen it. Hop on that thing. And yeah, please, listeners, get on it. It's awesome. Um but it sure sounds like he's healthy. So if that's the case, and, and you know, you've got Cam Hayward now locked in for four extra years, basically two probably fully guaranteed. That's a it's a sneaky sleeper team. Where does Vegas have Pittsburgh, Scott? You got it you got it there still? They are at uh, 25 2500 uh, 2, 2, to one, yeah. And they're about what is that? Eighth on the list. Okay, but in the AFC, they're the third. They're the third best AFC odds to go to the Super Bowl. So it's Kansas City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Indy, and Buffalo. That's your top five. That's your top five. So from a, from a math formula standpoint, you got to bet Indy because Phillip Rivers makes $25 million. But if I'm taking, you know, good odds, do you take Pittsburgh or Buffalo? Mm. If you're taking one of those teams. Probably Pittsburgh. I think I agree. I think they're more. I think they're. I think they're more ready. 
as much as a a, a Buffalo homer, <laughs> I, I think I'd have to go Pittsburgh because I think they've they have the quarterback that has proven himself year in and year out. Allen, like we've talked about in the past, he's he's got to grow this year, um, and I. I I don't foresee him winning a Super Bowl yet, yeah. so I, I would lean towards Pittsburgh. Everything I just mentioned about Pittsburgh generally works out. So you've got players who are money hungry on that offense. Let's not forget the Mink, the Minka Fitzpatrick move last year, which we absolutely laughed in hilarity at them giving up a first round pick late in the game for you know a rookie controlled cornerback safety contract. He, he was fantastic. He is going to remain fantastic in that defense. You add him with Joe Hayden, and that's a secondary that can stop the ball. Um, can they slow down Lamar? That's it. They're going to play him twice. Can they slow him down? If that's the case, if you think that they can control the, the Baltimore Ravens, you bet Pittsburgh this year. And that's probably a pretty safe bet. So, yeah. and, and I know Ben is a late round sleeper in fantasy. That's for darn sure. Yeah. If he's healthy, but I know two, two of their rookies that they drafted. I mean, from us doing our uh, dynasty draft, they did some research. Oh, the wide receivers. Sounds, yeah. Sounds like the wide receiver and that running back McFarland. Yeah. I mean, sounds like they've got some kids that are going to be next man up. Uh, Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Anthony McFarland. Yes. That's the next wave. That's already on that roster. So you're right. That's a, if it all comes together kind of quickly like this, which we've seen it happen before, this is the, this is a team to look out for, for sure. All right, we got through our extensions. Any big trades to talk about? Not really. A couple of smaller ones just to clear some cap space. What else, Scott? Well, let me go back to the extension. I, I looked at the uh, numbers from this year and last year. Sure. They're down substantially. I mean, last year was at a total of almost $3.5 billion in total value extensions. This year, it's not even $3 million yet. Um, so do you, do you think that's just because of the situation that we're in, not knowing what's going to happen, even though we had these big extensions, do you think that's a, a casualty of the unknown moving forward? Or you just think it's, we're going to see it jump back up next year with who's coming up for extensions. I'm not worried about it at all. In fact, you know, we had 15 legitimate historic extensions financially speaking i mean miles garrett joey bosa mahomes watson obviously george kittle and kelsey from the tight end standpoint mm-hmm. you, you know those are those are all top in the, at the positions right there keenan allen was like i said the second highest paid wide receiver in all of football tredavious white just eclipsed the cornerback contract money it's you know Deion dawkins right there at 15 million these are big time contract extensions in a year where there's a lot of money being lost and, you know, there's going to be a big squeeze next year. I, I'm not worried about this at all. We, we're not even talking about McCaffrey at the running back position, top in his. Yeah. Darius Slay was the top cornerback. Laramie Tunsil, the top left tackle. Uh, uh, these teams weren't, weren't scared off at all by this. Not at all. Do you think that the fact that the percent of guaranteed money is down by 2% is... What are we uh, at, about 44 now? Well, for the extensions itself, it's at 55. Last year, it was 57. Where's free agency so, at, if you don't mind looking real quick? I'm okay with 55% for extensions because generally speaking, those aren't going to be as big as free agent contracts. That's just kind of how it works, even though mm-hmm. I just I just you know railed off eight top historic contracts for a position. But to me, 55% is that's a pretty solid number, especially if there's some injury money built into that as well. Um but I think the free agent number's been about 46. So, you know, is that still hanging about yeah. there? Last year was 47, and this year is actually up to 53. That's all I need to hear. So, okay. It's moving in the right direction. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and uh, agents are getting a lot smarter and a lot better at manipulating that process. So, like and, I said. And do you think uh, this percentage is probably skewed a little bit, too, because of the guaranteed mechanisms in Mahomes' deal There's and, no question. and Watson's deal? Yeah. There's no question. Now I, I take that into account. So, for instance, I've put I've I've given Watson the full 111 million guaranteed because it's going to lock in in 2022. That it mm-hmm. all locks in a year early there. So he's going to get you know 70 and change right now, and that remaining 35 comes in the March of 2022. Whether it's restructured or not is moot. He's going to get it cash in hand. So the uh, it's a great contract. If that's the if that's the extension we finished this off season on. It's a really great one. It's a really nice one. But like I said, 
keep an eye out for Ronnie Stanley because I think that sucker's coming down the pipeline here. Maybe Kamara, too. Kamara's going to have to get done, right? Is he going to play football yeah. without a contract? Uh, he's not, right? I, he may have to. Pick up Latavius the, the Murray, Saints, people. Pick him up. <laughs> the, the Saints only have $642,000 unless you're going to make his cap hit remain the same this year and then it kicks in next year. But they're at negative $50 million space next year. So, yeah, they can make moves, but those are some drastic moves. They're going to have to move on some from some pretty substantial contracts or restructure some contracts to really go out three, four years just to get in the financial good. Let's finish on this. What happens to Delvin Cook and Alvin Kamara in the next three days? We are three days away from Bucks Saints. Mm. I say at least one of them, there's a dark horse team that comes in and makes a trade for one of them. I know it's late, but... I think I agree. I I think Kamara gets traded, Scott. I think I agree with you. Is there a chance it's the Redskins? Excuse me, Washington. Dollar in the pot. (laughs) Any chance? Is is there any chance that's why they just made the move they made? I don't know. You know, who who initially came to my thought, and I I can't remember if I said it earlier, but the Patriots. Yeah, I did say it earlier. Of course. The Patriots. Why not them? But they do have a lot of money allocated into running back core. Yeah, but they hate Sony Michelle. He's not even going to start this year. He's not even going to start. They just drafted his replacement already. So that would make a ton of sense. Why not? Yeah, send Sony Michelle back to the Saints. You take Kamara. Um, I, I, I could see Washington maybe making a move if they think they. Oh, my God. You're dead right, man. You're dead right. Sony Michelle in a second for Alvin Kamara? Why not? And look, look, those two teams have played nice late in the summers before. Brandon Cooks got traded for a first-round pick from New Orleans to New England. It's happened before. There's a relationship there. Man, we got to end on that. That's That's a pretty good thought to finish with right there. All right, my thanks to The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track for 40% off your first year. I'm sure there's plenty of hot takes like this in long-form journalism right now. What else are they discussing, you know, with three days to go before the NFL season? Uh, My thanks to Dynasty Owner. Speaking of, you know, contracts that are going to adjust fantasy football for the next years to come here. My goodness, the extensions are crushing those those Dynasty Owner players, I'm sure. Visit DynastyOwner.com. Mention SpotTrack. Get yourself a bonus when you join. My thanks to Hip Parade. Get yourself on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Seriously, follow these people. You will be <laughs> so addicted to the stuff they are handing out in these mystery memorabilia boxes. I'm telling you. I remembered what it was, by the way. I mentioned on the open of the show, I saw a great one. Somebody opened up a Peyton Manning autographed mini helmet with all of his stats on it. I loved it. It was outstanding. I'd love to have it in the collection. So get yourself to dacarville.com. Check out the mystery memorabilia boxes on Hit Parade. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Trek Podcast.